Hello and welcome to the ANA Take with me, Alex. And with me, Adam. This week on the podcast, we'll, as always, discuss some of the hot topics in the week, have all the usual features and are also speaking to a very special guest indeed. Yes, and just before we start, as always, we are all abiding by social distancing. So once again, let's begin. Let's get underway with our personal highlights of the week. I shall begin. And my what is it this week, is Adam? What is it this week? Quite, quite straightforward for me this week. I finally got my university results in the week, and I'm pleased to say I've graduated with a first class honours degree. Woo! That's my highlight. Congratulations. That's a smashing result. Um, so you hopefully not... you'll not be too far behind. Yeah, you can't not be pleased with that one, can you, really? Exactly. All the hard work pays off, and especially with how it ended, as we mentioned last week, actually. Um, you think, oh, this could be difficult, but uh, hopefully, I just all, all I hope is that um, the people who graduate like ourselves this year don't go down in job interviews and for years to come as being the the Corona year that got given <laughs> a grade because that's not the case, definitely yeah. not the case. I just had to work hard for three years for it, but that's my highlight of the week. Fantastic, beat that, Matt. Yeah, I'm not sure I really can beat that one, Adam. And uh, hopefully, in a, in a, a couple of weeks' time, I will be able to do the same thing and say the same yeah. thing. Um, but mine this week, so my girlfriend has celebrated her 22nd birthday. Um, and actually, it was just quite nice to have a social distance gathering in a way, um, just a little bit more normality that we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to get going. So to see people yeah. uh, have a chat, have some cake, which I've not had much of, to be honest, kind of do a lot of running, um, yeah. and just do something that's normal. Uh, it's funny, <laughs> yeah. I said to mum and dad, I said, like, when you go out into Loughborough or into the town and you have a coffee or you go around and you see somebody, the excitement that that brings to you <laughs> yeah. in today's world is phenomenal. Um, when, you know, that used to be a very mundane thing that we all did. So I think, you know, just doing something normal. Big, big win yeah. for me this week. So this week's podcast theme is all to do with fashion, a topic that you might think Adam and I know very little about. However, it is something that is always surrounding us. Yeah, but to be honest, you'd probably be right. We don't know that much, which is why today's episode (laughs) features a special guest. So today's uh, special guest is Kiandra, a fashion and travel influencer who has racked up an impressive 115,000 followers on Instagram alone. So uh, congratulations on that one and welcome to the show. Hello. (laughs) First thing we want to ask is, and this is probably one of those things you might get asked a lot, but how do you actually describe your job as an influencer? What What do you do? You know, I never, I never, the weird thing is I never describe it as a job. When people, when I describe it to people as a job, they're like, oh, that's not a job. So I can't really be bothered explaining to them that actually the amount of work that goes into it is probably above and beyond a normal job because I'm online from like 6am till 11pm most days, which is not really a downtime. Um, But it's, I describe it as you have to create content. See. I'm a content creator. That's kind of what I call myself now because you create the content. You've got to like engage your followers. You have to keep up with trends as well. And like recently I found that I'm actually like divert, like transforming my feed because it's like people want different things these days. So it's, it's the weirdest job and I can't describe it, but you're just an online profile if that makes any sense and you've got to keep it up. Would you say that it's something that you've always wanted to do? Because it's not it, at uh, all. Correct, okay, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of something that you sort of stumbled stumbled into, really. No, it's it's a really weird how I got into it. So obviously, um, I I I left college. I did quite well in my A levels, and I was like due to be moving to do an apprenticeship at Nestle going into the corporate world and I always had my Instagram there just as a personal profile and I used to do beauty pageants um kind of just like a confidence boost I wasn't very well when I was younger and I was just like a confidence booster and I won one of them back in like 2015 and I racked up some followers from there and so I was like juggling it while I was at Nestle and I found that I was just not enjoying my corporate job and actually I was getting a lot of I was starting to get paid deals with my Instagram and I was thinking, am I going to risk this and like do it because I really enjoy this or am I going to not? And I think something happened within the corporate, like my corporate job. And I was like, you know, what? I just don't enjoy this anymore. Let's, let's risk it. And then I just managed to find ways to monetize it even more. Like I spent all my time and once you put time and effort into something, you can like reap the rewards. So that, that's kind of how I fell into it. It was never something I woke up and was like, you know, what, I want to be an influencer because actually I feel like if you do that, it never works. No, I think that's a really good point. And yeah. And actually one of our next questions, do you think it's a realistic dream for somebody who's, who's a lot younger? Cause you, you see it like on Strictly Come Dancing and all over the, um, a lot of yeah. the reality programs and celebrity programs are now including, you know, the likes of influencers do you think mm. people who are younger, maybe like 12, 13, who see that, that big world, it's a realistic dream? And do you think it's something they should even aspire to be? I don't. Personally, my view of Instagram is, I mean, it's a, it's a personal one. I don't actually enjoy it anymore. It, it's something that I, I, on a day to day, I feel like I have times where I'm like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I have to give up because it's that constant pressure to be engaged to look a certain way you never get time off just to be you and obviously I am not my Instagram profile I mean you know me but my friends know me as Keandra and and it's quite different from the Keandra that I portray online and I find that I find that a struggle and I don't think young people should aspire to be that because I'd rather young people they do aspire that's the thing I don't like and I think I want little girls to want to be like astronauts or like anything that they want to be rather than an online profile because that is not real life and that is what I struggle with because I'm actually doing something that I don't actually enjoy anymore which is a weird one yeah do you feel like doing what you do you have a a responsibility on yourself to use sustainable brands to avoid sort of what we call fast fashion and and does that ever sort of have a have a bearing on what you do and how much of an impact can that have on you personally as well it's quite interesting actually only recently i've started working with more sustainable brands and talking about them um i've always been a lover of charity shops and things like that like sustainable outlets but i found that i've not shared them on my instagram because everyone wants the newest styles the newest fashion like yeah. and i've been traveling and people wanted to see great outfits but now people are wanting to see sustainability so i'm having to change it again and i'm thinking am i just sticking with the trends even though i even i always use that if that makes any sense it's kind of like you only do what an audience wants yeah definitely i think uh, sustainability has taken a massive rise i know there's been a few programs 
um, that have covered that as well. So obviously we are in an unprecedented time. Um, that's the new favourite word, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and something that's really come up to storm is the battle between online shopping and the high street. So I know I've seen some of your content where you've done product reviews um, from things you've been sent. Uh, what do you think is going to win in the long term? Do you think uh, the online's going to steal it or do you think the high street's going to bounce back? Uh, I don't think the high street can bounce back. Um, interestingly enough, in my, um, my master's degree, so I'm doing a, a master's in fashion and lifestyle marketing at the minute as well. So one of the, one of the essays that I did was about the, ex like, the experience economy. And, and, and the experience economy works by the retail industry only was able to stay alive because people were engaged by like entertainment or events and things like that but because of the coronavirus you can't do that like there's no the events industry can't work with social distancing really um so i don't think the retail industry can, will bounce back people have realized that they spent, save a lot of time mm. online yeah so what's going to yeah. be so what's going to be the new normal then if people if well if, people if industry like that so used to the shops are opening now and I still find, yes, there was loads of queues at like the Trafford Centre and things like that, but that's Primark. only like initial, yeah, that's only initial <laughs> excitement. The thing, weird thing about Primark is they've always been a bricks and mortar format, but even they have reported drop in their sales. So it's showing that maybe even Primark are not able to just be on the high street anymore. I think the thing with Primark is it works like people know that they can only get it in the shops so they want to go to it but with other stores where you can get it online they're not going to bother going to the high street because they're like well i could order 12 different versions of the same dress try one on see which one looks best and then send it back but you don't really do that if you're in a shop no no i agree with that and i suppose as well i mean pulling on some of your corporate background and your fashion background i mean i know, I know what i'd probably do with this but do you think high street retailers really need to start rethinking their strategies? Because if people aren't going to uh, the shops as often, what, what if you were a CEO of, of your favorite uh, fashion brand and you had a shop, what, what would you be doing right now? I think putting money into online, online uh, e-commerce um, and online marketing, not necessarily influencer marketing, because I do actually believe that influence marketing isn't as successful these days. Being an influencer, I probably shouldn't say that, but <laughs> like, I just feel that because everyone is an influencer these days, it's like, well, we don't believe you anymore, but there is still something to say about experiential, like um, online experiential marketing, how brands use, you know, VR and things like that, how to engage people by using different social media platforms, not necessarily influencers, but in like in-app ads, like I... I'm not a massive user of Snapchat, but I always look at the like explore page and there's little ads on there, like viral TikTok hacks and things like that. And TikTok's got really big. And I mean, I am going to try and do that, <laughs> <laughs> but like more my own way. I'm just not a TikTok dance person. I kind of just, it's not my thing, but like uh, the media of change brands need to, brands need to look ahead. I think. Yeah, get back out from the dark ages perhaps a little bit and start yeah, moving Yeah, but forward. you know, it's, it's like Nestle, they're always behind. Always. <laughs> like, I mean, I probably shouldn't, no, but I mean, like, you can probably, you don't know if you can say that, but like, I mean, like brands like 
Topshop and everything are very much like five steps backwards. And it's not nothing bad to say about the company at all, but like we need to look at the media and look at people in general, what's their habits, what their shopping habits. And I know, I know companies do look at the analytics a lot, but it's doing something with them. Would you say that the, that the world that we now live in with coronavirus around and not looking like it's going to go away for quite a while, has that, no. actually, has that actually helped you in a way or has it actually made your, your life and your role more difficult? Um, in regards to creating content, slightly more difficult because I'm not normally a house taking picturer, if that makes yeah. any sense. I never, I prefer, I'm a fashion and travel blogger. Travel, okay that's going to take a back seat for a while thankfully i had a backlog of travel pictures but that's actually ended now so now that's why i'm like transforming my feed and i'm like you know what i'm gonna to have to just be a more of a fashion blogger and take like in-home shots but like it's not just that like brands are not got the budget to pay me so i've lost a lot of brand deals which because i am back at home i am not worried about because i there's a lot less outgoings for me which is great but it's what's to come in the future. And that's why I'm actually looking for another corporate role for when I finish my master's, I want to kind of go back into the corporate world and have some security. Yeah, definitely. So what, when you do represent brands and when you do start um, doing these partnerships, what makes you choose them? What is it that you sort of look for within a brand? Uh, Most of the time they choose me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I work with PR agencies. I've got contracts with certain brands like, one of my big like contracts was actually only meant to be a month and it was extended to two years is with Klarna, which is a financial website. A lot of people know about it. It's like you can buy now, pay later. I work with them a lot. That's a monthly deal. Um, I work with apps as well. There's one certain app called Takumi, which you can literally like request to be on that ad. It will give you a fee. It will give you a background. Um, most of the time it's just based on if their brand fits my, ethos if that makes any sense like i don't yeah. i think something's just like died out my mom's probably just dropped something out there sorry there was a massive bag um uh i don't know it, it, it's a variety of things i won't do something that i don't like if that yeah. makes any sense no yeah definitely yeah so just last question for us i think really but obviously you whether you choose to do to describe yourself as an influencer or not you, you, you do have an influence over literally thousands of people. How does that, how does that feel personally to you? I sometimes forget <laughs> if that make, makes any sense. <laughs> like I always ask my friends and I say, you don't think I've changed, have you? And they're like, no, you're still you. And I think that's my fear. I, a lot of, a lot of influence that I know when they get a following, they start seeing themselves as, oh my God, I'm, I'm something big. I'm something special. I'm better than you. But I don't think I've ever changed. And I don't want to change because I am me. It's kind of just been luck and hard work. Um, it was never a goal of mine to have this following at all. And I think potentially that might be why I have it because I never like was like, follow me, follow me, follow me. It was like, I just did my thing. It's yeah. weird and sometimes a bit scary because I sometimes could post something and think, oh God, like actually I've got to take that down because that's not like, people are going to see that you know and it's it's hard no definitely and i think you know thank you so much for this time kendra and i would definitely echo what you just said that you are one of the most natural people 
um and honest people i've ever met ever um, <laughs> probably so, a bit too honest, too honest yeah. <laughs> so i think i think that's definitely very well reflected throughout all of your channels um but i wish you all of the best um in the future yeah, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you. you in in the corporate world um, yes hopefully you never know i never know i might be back at, to an office job we'll see you never know um <laughs> but once again yeah. thank you so much for your time no um, Yes, thank you very much indeed, Kanja, for coming on today. And you can follow her on Instagram if you're not already. Uh, her handle is at love.kianja, C-I-A-N-D-R-A. Fantastic. And just before we go on to Alex's choice, we thought we'd better have a quick chat about what's happening this week. And we cannot ignore the reopening of the pubs and restaurants and some of the more normal areas of life. What do we think, Adam? Is it the right decision? Yeah, um, I, I actually went out yesterday, not to the pub. I went out Ooh. for a drive to see how many people were at the pub, is what I did yesterday. So I drove to the village and a couple of villages nearby me just to see how many people were out and about. And um, I wouldn't say it was too full anywhere. There was not any people queuing outside. Um, every, Virtually every table in most of the pubs seemed to be taken, but it, it, it didn't seem to be overwhelmed, which was not something I was, I was expecting to see. I was expecting to see the village full and not be able to get in yeah. it virtually. Um but it's just, I mean, it never entered my head to go out for a drink this weekend. Never once entered my head. I don't know about you, but no, I can't understand why people yeah. would risk it. I'm, I'm agreeing. And I've got to say, to be honest, Leicester is in a bit of a shocker right now. Yeah. You know, Leicester's back in lockdown. Um, at the same time that the pubs have all reopened. We're, I mean, we're fortunate. We're not in Leicester, but the surrounding area. Um, I just think it's a... It was a risky decision by the Prime Minister to open up on a Saturday when you hear yeah. uh, that the emergency services are preparing as if it's New Year's Eve. I mean, that doesn't really fill me with a lot of confidence um, yeah. in the British people. And I know from personal experience, after you've had a couple of um, you know, tequilas or you've been having a few too many pints, I'm sure the social distancing level will be very challenging to manage. Um, and I also think, you know, when you, when you consider small businesses, how, what, where's the fine line between keeping people distant and then turning a blind eye because you need the money to survive? Yeah, yeah, it's a big question. I mean, I, mean, I live in, in a village where there's, I think there's perhaps, I think I went around and counted perhaps seven or eight places that are open for, for people to go and have a drink yesterday. And, uh, and there's two of them down the high street that, you know, you could probably fit at full capacity with no distancing between 10 and 15 people in. Yeah. So if you're being socially distant, you can have, you know, a household in at a time sort of thing, or perhaps, you know, perhaps two at a push. If you get one at one end and one at the complete other end, you think, what's the point of them being open? Yeah. If that's all they're going to do, because they're not going to make a profit out of it. They're not going to catch up for all the months that they've been shut for. And the question that it leaves me thinking is one that I don't know the answer to, but one that I think is really interesting. Who do you blame? Do you blame the prime minister? Boris Johnson for relaxing these restrictions mm. to quite a big level or do you blame the people who are going out even though it is inverted commas allowed now just her being stupid well quite arguably yes and I mean I, some people I mean yes yes I went out with some seats outside scattered around there was two people on a table and you think well there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that I again I wouldn't and you said yourself wouldn't do it personally I don't think they're being stupid or selfish as such, but I, I, I do blame those people as opposed to the prime minister for what is happening because yeah. 
I mean, you, you're allowed to go and jump off a cliff, but you, you know, you wouldn't, <laughs> you know, but it's just yeah. you're allowed to do something doesn't mean that you should. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. And I, I saw a picture on Facebook of a street, I think it was near London, um, and it was rammed with people yeah. not abide by social distancing. And I think that's where the problem is, is that I've not got a problem if people want to go out and yeah. have a drink with a pub. I mean, I don't see the common sense in it because you're going to go and pay inflated prices for your pint that you could yeah. have at home. Hugely. So it's cheaper at home as well at the moment. But yeah. I just think you can't trust the whole general public to all abide by that. And, and that's where the big risk comes. And I think that's why I've been massively put off about going out the only thing i am looking forward to is next week i am getting a haircut so i am <laughs> quite in need of that um, to be fair yeah was saw with an afro i can i can understand i don't think that yeah. is a selfish decision it was worthwhile um me putting it together so that, i am looking forward to that one yeah all right then time for alex's choice so are you ready for this one <laughs> I never am, so that's I mean, some fun. I actually think this one's a little bit more tame than some of my previous ones. I've kind of kept it in line with, with some of the things that are happening with pubs reopening. And the one I'm bringing towards you today is queuing. The British okay. tradition of queuing. Yes. And it's something that infuriates me when I'm abroad. Because when you're away... It seems to be that the Europeans don't understand this concept of queuing. I've been to many all-inclusive resorts where you're queuing for you have, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. for your dinner. And then, yeah. like, the Germans or the French just push in. Just, they just, just, just look at you and just push in. And I yeah. can't work out in my head whether or not we should just abide by their rules and just push in ourselves when we're <laughs> in European yeah. countries. Or, you know, are we a little bit too traditional? Is the British queue something that is almost a bit like, oh, we're, we have to do this because we're British. And, you know, when, you, when you're in pubs and when it gets a bit in nightclubs and that, nobody queues. We all push in. So we choose when and when we don't want to do it. So why do we always follow these, you know, silly traditions all the time? Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I've actually got an answer to that question, really. Um, obviously, I haven't, I haven't experienced being abroad and other nationalities not doing what seems to be a British tradition. Um, but all I can really go off is that there are people in, in this country who will sometimes choose to not queue and it winds me up more than anything else. <laughs> um, the thing is though, <laughs> are you the person that will see them push in, feel really, really annoyed, but not say anything? Or will you look at them and say, excuse me, there's a queue here. It depends. Um, the only time, honestly, the time where it, where it infuriates me the most is when I'm driving. <laughs> and, and normally, you know, like, for example, if, you, if, 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 if you're at a junction and it's sort of, it should be one, you yeah, know, you should yeah. merge in turn, so to speak. And people don't. I will honk my horn and flash my lights <laughs> all night long if I need to, um, <laughs> because that really does annoy me. And I feel like I'm safe in my own car. <laughs> but if I'm on the street and that happens, yeah. I would probably... Um, I'd probably try and nudge someone else in, in the direction of doing something about it, but uh, I wouldn't tend to do so myself because I dare say that the people who are normally pushing in are people that you wouldn't want to challenge in the street, yes, I wouldn't say. Very, very <laughs> but yeah, I, I think queuing, I, I see the place for queuing, but I also think though, when people come into our country in particular that are mm -hmm. from other places, they should abide by the British traditions and they should follow the queues. But however, yeah. when we're out, out, out of the country, let's just do what they do. We're all just, it's a free for all <laughs> and let's just, let's just see what happens. <laughs> no, well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts of this week. Great stuff.
So, final five this week, Adam. You challenged us to find some autographs and selfies with famous people. Yes. Strapping at home, everybody, because this could take a while. I, I, I thought I had about five or six. I found probably around 20. Wow. Uh, I'll not go through all of them. And the thing is, there's actually there's three here that aren't labelled, and I have no idea who these belong to. <laughs> I've got no idea who they are. So we'll, we'll move on to them. I'll try and get your opinion, Alex. We might even put them on Twitter and Facebook later on uh, to see. Um, I'm just going to... I'll show you them, Alex, as, as we go along. Just going to want to see a genuine reaction to some of them. Um, there's this one here, which I'm now showing Alex, which is from the Hairy Bikers. Oh, uh, that was wow. Signed in 2009. Wow. Yeah, both of them starting on the same sheet of paper. Uh, this one here, I think, belongs to Rory Bremner, um, which is a little bit of a of a surprise perhaps probably not as um flashy as the last one i would yeah. say um there's quite a few related to football um this one is jonathan woodgate which might be a name that you know it's quite funny that one because um i spent the last year working for middlesbrough football club in in some sort of capacity i've shared a press room with jonathan woodgate a few times I had no idea that he wished me a happy christmas in 2008 <laughs> on a uh, on, on a napkin <laughs> but there we go <laughs> um there's a few more sport ones. Peter Beardsley uh, in both of them. The cricketer, I've got him. Uh, Duncan Bannatyne, I think that one's all right. Little oh, piece wow, of paper. Tried the best wishes from Duncan Bannatyne. Uh, but this one's my favourite one. I'm now going to show you. Um, well, actually, no, I, I, I have two favourites because I have a Notts County autograph book. So there's a few footballers in here which will not mean anything to anybody. But I have got both the Schmeichels, Peter and Casper. They're wow. both in here. Um, but my absolute favourite one is on an A4 piece of paper. Uh, sorry, an A4 piece of card which if people like this band will, will, will enjoy, all members of Madness signing wow. on a piece of card, which is probably my favourite. We might stick that up on social media later on as well, because that, I like that one a lot. How have you come across all of these? I think you've, chopped, I think you've topped some of me already. But um, Well, the thing is, oh, I've just thought I've got one more I haven't showed you. My, my absolute favourite one, which has its own <laughs> special plastic wallet, um, to Adam Beth Wishes, Ant, Ant and Deck, but just Ant. Wow. <laughs> so... They don't do they do everything together because Deck wasn't there on that day. But uh, of course, I nearly, I, I nearly forgot that one. Um, the thing is, though, of these people, other than the Schmeichels, I haven't met any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I lose a bit of credit there. Uh, my auntie works on um, on I'm not sure what the company is now, but she works on the train. I think it's L and E R, down yeah. the East Coast. Um, she worked there for for years, and whenever she saw someone famous, she would ask them to sign autographs to me so that's exactly what she did wow uh, there are three as, as i said there are three that i don't know who they belong to um so i mean we'll try and describe what they look like whilst i show alex hopefully you can make that out on the camera i can barely looks, even read the signature exactly that's the thing it looks like it begins with an s yeah has an r and a couple of f's in it yeah no idea what that name is so um we'll we'll, we'll stick that up and let us know if you think you know what this one says this one looks like it it might say Cat Dealey, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Because um, the, the surname might look, it, it looks like it says Tetley or, or Dealey or it something. Could like that. Daily. It could be Test Daily. Perhaps it, it could be Test Daily. I'm not, not sure. But again, we'll stick that one up. Let, let, let us know at home what you think that one is. And this one, I can't even guess. Um, no. I think there's a Y and a G in it, perhaps. This but, is uh, the problem hearing... of signatures that you, nobody's ever got a clue of who it actually is. Well, unless, exactly. Unless you uh, write and... it yourself underneath, so you know. Well, well I, I have with some of them, but this one I didn't. Um, so there's a, I think there's a Y and a G, but Yuri Gagarin, the astronaut, died 50 years ago, so I don't think it's him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm stumped who else it could be. 
So we'll stick them up later on. Uh, I mean, there's also, I've got, uh, I haven't got them on me, but uh, Alan Shearer, uh, I know I've got that one somewhere, Lulu, Tony Blackburn. Wow. So loads, but again, so I haven't I think, met any of these people other than the Schmeichels. I, I'm very impressed with the level that you've got. However, I've got to say, you've got to lose some points here because you've not yourself met them in person <laughs> or asked them. Yeah, that, it, there's, there's a, a middleman yeah. in this. Yeah, I agree. Um, Right, because I will now, and you'll be able to see, I've sent Adam these pictures. Um, I have met all of these people in person, had a conversation with them, and got a selfie with them. So um, we will start with one of them, if you can see Adam. I don't know which one of yours is first. Well, I'm going to have a look at the same time as you say, just to get a bit of a genuine reaction. I haven't seen these yet, even though you sent them earlier on. So the first one on my list I've got is Keith Lemon. Yes, I, yeah, that, I must say, Keith Levin looks a lot more, um, I'd say he probably, he probably wears makeup on the telly and he's, and he's yes. not here, is yeah. how I describe it. <laughs> They're always very different in person, that's, that's all I can <laughs> yeah, say. I can see that, yeah. Um, yeah, so Keith Lemon, uh, that was at a basketball event in, in London. Um, yeah. If you scroll down to the next one, there's a picture of me, Keith Lemon, and I forget his name, but the sport, Mike Bushell. Mike Bushell, yes. Yeah. Uh, the BBC Sports um, presenter, who's also featured <laughs> on Strictly Come Dancing. It's such a weird picture, but you, Mike Bushell, and Keith, Keith Lemon. Lemon. Yeah, I know that was also <laughs> a basketball event. Um, if you scroll down slightly more, you will see me with Howard Webb. Now, this is my football. Referee, yeah. Yes, he, he refereed the 2008 uh, World Cup. Um, and I happened, uh, yeah, uh, 2010, I think it was, Alex. 2010, yes, sorry, 2010. Yeah. Um, and I happened to bump into him at a wedding I was at. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, at a wedding. <laughs> Lovely chap. Um, he was really, really nice. Uh, and then there's another one. I don't know if you ever watched this program, but I look very, very young on this picture. You do? I, I recognise him, but I can't remember. His it name is. is Jason Bradbury. He was on The Gadget Show. Oh, uh, Gadget Show, yes. And I happened to meet him when I was at Gadget Show Live. He was eating an ice cream at the time. He was. I just seen his, yeah, he, he did. He finished his uh, cornet. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one below that you may not know. He, he may be more for the uh, older audiences. His name is Colin Salmon. Um, he's featured in many films, but m- probably most recognisable in some of the uh, Pierce Brosnan and James Bond films. Oh, okay. Um, he, he's worked with Judy Dench and, and that. And I met him. He's a really nice chap. He also followed me on Twitter. Um, yeah and then the one I really really do like um, is the very last one I'm in the very back um, and we met James Corden who is now the host of the Late Late Show and obviously famous for Gavin and Stacey um, in a service station on our way down to London to go and see Stomp um, the musical so it was a real um, like a moment of man and this was really before he became ultra famous in the US yeah so that was that. Um, I also, not with me, but I have a signed uh, photo from Liam Tancock, a British Olympic swimmer. Um, uh-huh. I've met Tinchy Strider at a, really? um, a basketball event as well. Um, I think there was one more I was just about to say. but Oh, yes. I also, um, I was fortunate that I've, I had dinner at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and I put on the, um, in the reservation anniversary and there is actually me and my girlfriend got a signed card from Ramsey wishing us happy anniversaries. That's, that is nice. Yeah, it's, it's quite nice. So yes, that's my uh, my list of people I think I've met. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I have, I, have, I have met other people, famous people, but I haven't got any autograph or or selfie with them. Um, Henning Vey, the German comedian. 
Um, I don't know if you, if you know who no, that no, is. No, no. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure some people will. Uh, saw him in a pub on, on the Isle of Wight. It's about two tables away. <laughs> and took a photo of him. I just voted with him. Uh, same applies to Claire Balding, who I saw at the 2015 Women's FA Cup final. She parked behind our car in a in a maroon Range Rover, but she was late, so she was in a rush and just ran in. She ignored <laughs> everybody that she was that, that she was with. And, uh, and I also met uh, Ray Clements, who's uh, former England goalkeeper. I think he's got his uh, second highest cap for a goalkeeper for England. Um, met him in Costa at Weatherby Services and had, had a nice chat to him. I mean, I've well. seen quite a few famous people. When I went to Wimbledon, in, in, I've, I was very close to Nadal. Um, I, I've seen Tess Daly. I saw the late Bruce Forsyth as well, oh, yeah. actually. Um, in, in the streets of London, I saw um, Sue Perkins um, in Chicago okay. Square. <laughs> Um, I was about to get a picture with her actually, but she had to dash off. Um, yeah. So no, I, your challenge the next time, Mister Hassel, is you've yourself got to get them <laughs> and you've got to get a picture. <laughs> then, then, then there's more credit with that one. Yeah. Well, got... the best thing about the best thing about uh, about this madness one is they were doing it was, it, it was on their last tour, which I think was sort of uh, four years ago, and, uh, and my auntie saw them on the train. They end up giving her tickets to the show because she didn't have them already, uh, and I'm in a scarish band that do a few madness covers myself and um and she actually sent the link off to the off to their manager wow um and he said and he said that he had a look and said it and said that it was quite good but unfortunately we never we never heard back from him <laughs> but still i think that's i think that's not that's sort of i've sort of that's more of a claim to fame that yeah the madness tour managers watched my band stuff yeah. which i think is quite good as well yeah. i mean i have been on the news a few times i've actually been interviewed on the news a few times that was quite cool um, I was on the on the news when I was at the Moscow State Circus in Leicester. It was the first time they came over and um, they interviewed some kids. I was like in year five. And then in year eight, when we did the BBC school report, um, yeah. I was interviewed because of the Olympic torch, etc. So it was quite cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I mean, going going there, slight, slightly off topic, but I, 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 I want to jump in myself because I got on the front. It's, it's not really related, sort of is. I got on the front page of my local newspaper for World Book Day when I was in primary school, <laughs> and I um, and I dressed up as the Fat Controller. Oh wow! <laughs> the tank engine. It's a really, really good photo. I think it did really well actually. So I'm really pleased with that. I'm, I might try to find that, and uh, and I'll show you that next week. Definitely. But next week's proper challenge, Alex, is to be decided by yourself. <clears throat> it is, and I've kind of kept it similar to what we're doing because I think it's quite cool that we're finding. That, especially after our awful performances in the quiz, um, <laughs> I think we're doing better at finding out a bit more about us. So I, again, I'm challenging both of us uh, to go and have a chat with our parents or any family member and yeah. find either a funny or embarrassing young childhood story oh. that is worth telling. And if there's photographic evidence to, yeah. to, to show that across. So it's a really simple one this week. Have a chat. Find out what happened, what you did as a kid. You probably either pooed yourself or did <laughs> really random. Um, yeah. and, and let's have a chat about it next week. I love that. That's very good. Well, that is us done for this week on the ANA Take. It is. You can find us on social media by searching for the ANA Take on Twitter and Facebook. Please feel free to send in your thoughts and send us in your own pictures with famous people as well for anything that we've discussed today. And don't forget, if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify or iTunes, be sure to give us a follow so that you are alerted when our next episode goes live. But in the meantime, stay safe, everybody, and we hope you can join us next week. We will see you then.